Good morning, everyone. My name is Pastor Ben. I've been here since March, um, part-time, and then full-time in June, about the second week of June. And this is my second or third time, third time to preach or so. And I hope you come back next week because I'm preaching again. So, not that I need your confirmation, but it would be really nice if you came back. Um... Now this week, this week starts a series, a new series called Milk to Meat. Let me explain a little bit what that is. Milk to Meat is, um, the Bible talks about spiritual milk and spiritual meat, and it's something that is, um, that we don't, we have to learn about. It's not something that you uh, have innately. It's not something like breathing in. It's not something like um, when the lights turn off, you stand up to sing a song. Or the lights turn on, you sit down. It, it's not something that you, you come by. It's something you actually have to study. And that's the, that's the um, neat thing about being a student is you study something and you become more like the teacher. Or you become more like your parent. Or you, you learn something and you acquire that knowledge and then you use it uh, as in a skill or a trade. Well, um, this morning we're going to start this series called Milk to Meat. And we're going to talk about... Craving spiritual milk. Um, the Bible says to crave spiritual milk. What does that mean? What is meat? Um, and that's kind of more of next week. But this week, we'll start the Milk to Meat series. And um, we're going to be on this road together. So let's, uh, let's look to the Lord, and then we'll turn in our Bibles. So if you don't have a Bible, after our prayer, we'll have some people passing those, those out. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, it is, um, it is such a privilege to come and meet in these walls. Uh, with a roof over our head, with air conditioning and heat when we need it. God, for uh, friends to come, and uh, we might not have seen them since last Sunday, but here we are again. And Lord, we, uh, we rejoice and we in, in, enjoy this fellowship and the greeting time and the welcoming and, and seeing friendly faces and, and just being able to live life together. Man, I love how you created relationships and that we can enjoy them. But Lord, I pray that as we enjoy your relationship, that we get to learn more about you and become more like you and less like who we used to be. God, um, open my mouth and uh, allow me to speak what you would have for us this morning. Help us to know what spiritual milk is and to be thirsty for it so that we, be, so that can we, we can come to know you in a different way and better and to crave you as we, uh, as we meet here this morning. In your name we pray. Amen. Okay, I um, would like to show you what a baby is. This is a baby. This is Jasper. Can we grab the lights? Because there's a couple of these pictures I thought we should show. Look at Jasper. Isn't he so cute? He was born last month. Uh, I'm sorry, June. He was born in June. <clears throat> Here's another baby. This is what a baby looks like. Look at little Gianna. Love the hair. She was born in July. And then we have... Yep. Oh, little Ella Grace. Three babies born in the last month or so. This is what a baby looks like, right? And uh, I called and said, Hey, you mind if we show off your babies a little bit? And they were like, Fine, twist my arm. So they sent, they sent pictures. And... Um, I just wanted to demonstrate that this is what a baby is. Now, these babies, um, just last week, were walking down the sidewalk, and they, um, they were playing soccer. No, they don't do that. Babies don't do that. 
Our babies, they take months and, and, and years to grow up before they can stand and, and walk and talk. <clears throat> I wanted to show uh, the birth of a baby, giraffe, and that was pretty amazing. I showed my wife and I showed Dan Savage. I said, hey, do you think we, should, we can show this? It's about a minute and a half clip. Um, they said no. So I went with the, the wisdom around me and I was okay with that. Um, but do you know what happens when a giraffe gives birth? The giraffe is born, and about a minute, minute half later, the giraffe with its long legs it starts walking around. It's ready to, be, to run away from predators because they normally are living out in the wild. And I, I also researched what it looks like when a dolphin is born. As soon as that dolphin's out, swimming right next, the tail's wagging, it goes up, up to the air and then comes back down and staying real close to the mama. And, and that's, that's different than our babies, right? Our babies, we have to do something different with them. We have to have a lot of patience. We have to have a lot of soft, gentle things, right? The swat on clothes and wrap them up like a burrito. And then... And then we have to give them easy foods. And we start with what? Milk. Milk is easy to digest. It's good for their bodies. And we have some kind of formula, some kind of milk. And we don't give them broccoli because we all know that gives them gas. We don't, we don't give them meat right away. We don't give them carrots. We don't give, we start off with formula, something soft and gentle. So... That's kind of the picture that Jesus wants, to, wants us to understand is when you're talking about baby Christians, when you're new to the faith, when you're new to what this whole, I'm not going to really call it religion because it's more of a, an inner, interpersonal relationship with, with the God who created everything. So less of a religion where you do things and more like a relationship where you are things. We have to look at what a baby looks like so we can understand where we are as baby Christians or new Christians or Christians growing up who are going from milk to meat. Ah, there, see, that's, that's the connection. So let me, let me talk to you a little bit about what a baby Christian looks like. And maybe this, this is you. Maybe this is what you're, you're facing. And you could be, now here's the thing. There are baby Christians who are about, I don't know, 40, 50, 60 years old. So some, some Christians are still in the baby infancy stage. They still need spiritual milk, right? They, they, I'll explain what that is later. But there are, there, are, there are old baby Christians, and then some baby Christians grow up right away and quickly. So what is the characteristics of a baby Christian? And this morning we're going to look to in the book of 1 Peter. So if you don't have a Bible, we'll help pass those around. Um, Brooks back there next to the Bibles, and he's going to make sure that everyone has one. And um, how many books are in the Bible? 66. Very good. And the first Peter, you, ha- you kind of have to go to the back, the back bit, as long as it's not like the devotionals or anything. But it, really close to the end, it's 1st, 2nd Peter, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, Jude and Revelation. So there's seven books to the end, and there's 59 59 books before. So you have to go 59 books later. And we're going to look at 1 Peter. It's right before 2 Peter. Okay, good. In 1 Peter, so keep your, I have a little tabby thing. Anyone have these? I use this. So I'll keep that right there in 1 Peter. We're going to come right to that. 
But let's talk about this. Let's talk about what a baby Christian is. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to set up the dark side. No offense to this side of the, of the cafetorium or whatever, but this is going to be the dark side, okay? And this is going to be the light side. Who do you think is going to be on the light side? Everyone say Jesus. Jesus is the light. So he's going to be on this side. So who do you think is going to be on this side? Satan. He's the opposite, the antithesis, the, the, the evil villain to the good God. Here's what happens. In the world, in, in the evil, in the dark, on, on, in this corner, we have the world. And the world is what we see around us. The world is born in sin. The world is um, destined for hell. The world is, is everything that is bad. We got that? This is an alternative named Jesus, the God who created us, who has a completely different idea of what life is. Not close. Not most the way. Not, it's almost, it is completely different. Let me explain. In the world, you have hate. In the world, you have sinking sand. In the world, you have a closed mind and a closed heart. And, and you have darkness. In the world, you, have, uh, you live in sin and you die in sin. And in the world, you're deceitful. There's lies. In the world, you have revenge and retaliation. And in the world, you have um, uh, this cup that calls, and when you drink it, it brings death. You, have, you drink death in the world. But God offers something completely opposite. And it's amazing because while the world looks fantastic and the wealth and the, and the, the first world problems that we suffer with and e even having water problems in Toledo. I, anyone else affected with the water thing? Two of us. Excellent. It was crazy, this whole water thing. But even in a world that, has, that sees that there's a water need and people red cross and come over and, and help, there, there's still this, this side of world that is, that is hate. But when you have hate, Christ gives you love. He isn't acting like love. He isn't working up to be love. Christ is love, is love. When you have sinking sand, we have Jesus, the cornerstone. When you have closed minds and you have closed hearts, you have the Word of God. Where you have darkness, you have light. When there's living in sin, there is no sin in Jesus. There is no sin in God, not a fraction. When you have deceit and lies, there is no deceit in Him. When you have retaliation and revenge, you have somebody who did not retaliate, even though he could have. When you have a world that's dying in sin, we have a God who is righteous and lives forever, eternally. When you have a cup that drinks death, God offers us the cup of life. That he is the bread of life. That he's the living water. Complete opposites. So, where does a baby Christian stand on this? Over there is Christ. Over here is the world. A baby Christian has crossed from being in the world and has stepped over to be a part of the light. Still closely associated with the world because that's how we were born. We were born into sin. And as light shines, there's a little bit reflecting on us. And people can say, hey, there's, there's a little thing different with you. Did you cut your hair? 
Did you... Are you smiling or something? I don't get it. But as we grow up, we're coming more like Christ, away from the world. We're severing these ties, and we're doing things more like Christ, more like love, more like um, no deceit, more like righteousness, and less like the world. So a baby Christian is kind of dancing over here, right? They're close to the world. They still have ties, but they've stepped over to see the light that is Jesus. That's what a baby Christian is. That's what a baby Christian looks like. So, Peter, an apostle of Jesus, writes two books. The first one's called 1 Peter. The second one's called 2 Peter. I'm glad I remembered that one. And he says this in 1 Peter 1. We're going to start in verse 3. Now, I'm going to be reading from the NIV. What that means is New International Version. There's a whole bunch of letters for different versions of the Bible. And if your words look slightly different, it's a slightly different interpretation but I guarantee that the word of God is inerrant. There's no, no wrong in it. So let's compare the words and see, see what that, that means. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. Praise be to the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth. See why I wanted to show a video of the draft? He has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade kept in heaven for you who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief and all kinds of trials. These have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by the fire, that your faith may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, Anyone seen Jesus? Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. So some of us are smiling, right? We're no longer tied to the world. Some of us are, have this glorious joy, for you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. I'll talk a little bit more about this later. But when Jesus died on the cross and three days later rose from the dead, he, he created a new passageway from that light, from his light, from his glorious light, over into the dark world. Because Jesus went from the light into the dark. Is that crazy? That he left heaven and he came to earth in the world and was born of a virgin. And, and, and here he is spending time and getting dirty with the, with the world and sin. Gives me the shivers just thinking about it. But that's exactly what Jesus did for us. So when he, when he paid the penalty for our sins, he opened up this gateway that we can understand and know who Christ is, know who God is, and to be forgiven our sins. Let's continue in chapter 1, verse 13. Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Be self-controlled. Set your hope fully on the grace to be given you when Jesus Christ is revealed. As obedient children... Do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. Here's the thing. In God's presence can be no sin. When Satan, one of his angels, sinned, God cast him out of heaven. Anyone remember that? That Lucifer, who actually was a worship leader, who was a, an angel of light, got jealous 
said, I can be like God. And God said, there can be no sin in my presence and expelled him. And from that, the jealousy grew in Satan, Lucifer, Satan, the devil, all synonymous. And ever since then, Satan's been trying to steal the children of God, Adam and Eve. You really, God said you can't eat of this fruit. It's actually because he doesn't want you to have your eyes open. Deceit, lies, dark. And because Adam and Eve bro- ate the fruit, they broke the perfect union. And then sin and death entered the world. So in God's presence, there can be no sin. So how then do we, who carry sin on our shoulders, who look at the mirror and see sin all over, who look in the world and see sin just rampant, how can we spend time in the presence of our God? Through the person of Jesus Christ, who paid our penalty for sin. The Bible says that the penalty for sin is death, so we all should die. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus. Amen. Let's continue reading in 1 Peter chapter 1. Verse 18 says this, For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your forefathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. He was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. Through him you believe in God, who raised him from the dead and glorified him. And so your faith and hope are in God. Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth, that you have sincere love for your brothers, love one another deeply from the heart. For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. Now, I do live in Holland, which is close to Toledo. And Toledo is known for um, good things and bad things. Um, it's known for, actually negatively, for the, uh, the sex trade. And that people come and they purchase people. They're like, I want that one. And they pay money and they receive a person. And I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Taken with, uh, shoot, what's his name? Liam Neeson. He's, he plays that role perfectly, doesn't he? But his daughter was taken, and he goes, well, he doesn't exactly pay for her, but um, he goes and redeems her with blood and, and, and effort and, and tears, and, and, and he redeems his daughter. But there are people who, who redeem people with, with money. But Peter's saying, you were bought not with, not with gold or, or money or, or perishable things, but you were bought with the blood of Jesus so precious blood of Jesus that was spilled for us. And perhaps this is your first time that you're thinking, you know what? I never actually understood that Jesus' blood was for me. I get it now. Maybe this is your first time that you're taking that step from dark into light and saying, man, Jesus died for me? You mean I was supposed to pay for my sins and, and go to hell? And, and Jesus paid that for me, now I don't? Thank you, Jesus. And the Bible says that if you believe with your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, that you've made that crossover. If you said something like, Jesus, I have sinned. I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? Something simple like that. You've crossed over. And then you become something like a baby Christian, where you have some old ties, but man, the light of Christ is shining on your face. And you start smiling a little bit because you've got this glorious joy 
and you've got something to live for, something to look forward to, that God has redeemed your soul and you're becoming more like Christ. So congratulations if this is your first time or if it's relatively new to you. So this morning we'll be talking to baby Christians and next week, hey, Christians of the faith, those who have who've been doing this for a while, we get to talk next week. Let's, let's move on to 1 Peter chapter 2. The first two verses is exactly what we're talking about today. Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice, everything over here, all deceit, all hypocrisy, all the envy and slander of every kind. Like newborn babies craves pure spiritual milk, so that, it, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation, now that you have tasted and seen that the Lord is good. I love that picture. Well, it's a love-hate relationship because it starts listing the things that we find in sin in the world, like malice and deceit hypocrisy, envy. If you go to the book of Romans, you don't have to flip flip there, but if you'd like to read more about it, book of Romans chapter 1, the whole first chapter, it's kind of of like Paul is writing to the Rome, the church in Rome, so we call it the book of Romans. It's not brain science. First Peter, second Peter, church of Rome, Romans. So we're in Romans, first one. He starts listing sin after sin after sin after sin. He's disgusted by what he sees in Rome. He's disgusted by what he sees is going on in the church because they're still part of the world. He says, you know what? You know what I see? I see... Where'd that go? Verse 21. They knew God, but they neither, neither glorified him or gave thanks to him. And their thinking became futile and foolish. So they were foolish people. He goes on and says in, in, um, in 23, they exchanged the glory of him. They exchanged God for things that they could see, like man and birds and animals and reptiles. So God says, fine. You want to leave this glorious light and go worship a a, a piece of metal? Fine. Verse 24 says, Therefore God gave them over to their sinful desires of their hearts, to sexual impurity and degrading their bodies with another. And it goes through how um, instead of being a man with a woman, God says it's detestable, but... Go ahead, fine. If you're going to leave me, go ahead. Man with man, woman with woman. You do that because you have left my presence. I don't appreciate it. That's, he calls that sin. He says in verse 29, they have become filled with every kind of wickedness, of evil and greed and depravity. Have we seen that in our lives before? I know I have. We're all sinners here. Greed, depravity, they're full of envy, of murder, of strife, of deceit and malice. Same words used in First Peter. They're gossips, they're slanderers, they're God-haters, they're insolent, arrogant, boastful. They invent ways of doing evil. Man, this world's not evil enough. Let's come up with some more evil stuff. They are senseless, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Although they know God's righteous decree that those who do such things deserve death, they they not only continue to do those very things, but also approve of those who practice them. That is what the world looks like. So then the flip side is the opposite. So instead of being a God-hater, we are God-lovers. Instead of being arrogant, we should be proud, or we should, we should be humble and not proud, not boastful. We shouldn't invent ways of being evil. We should invent ways of being good. So as Christians, Peter is talking to the church. Again, this is a letter that we can kind of assume to us. In 1 Peter chapter 2, let's look at verse 9. And remember, reverberating in their minds is this whole picture of, of, of what the world looks like. This is the world, but you, 
But you are a chosen people. You are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Dear friends, and this is kind of my prayer for you. Dear friends, as I urge you, as aliens and strangers in the world, abstain from sinful desires which war against your souls. It's not a, oh, good morning. I think I'm going to be perfect today. <sighs> Actually, it is at my house, so I'm joking. No, it's a war against our souls. It's a war against our minds. You turn on the TV, death and desolation. You turn on the internet, oh, look what advertisement's coming over here. You, you wake up your kids, oh, boy. Death and desolation, yep, that's in my house. No, it, it's, it's something that's going to war against our souls every minute of every day. You drive down the road, someone cuts you off. You go to the grocery store, you get beat up because you're trying to get some water. This is every day. In a perfect society, that wouldn't happen, right? I guarantee in heaven it won't. Because Jesus is our living water. He'll never run out. Amen. All right, so... What does it look like to be like a baby Christian? Well, we had deceit, we had these things, and we crossed over because of Jesus, and now we have this other option of not lying. Do you know how fast you were going, sir? Yes, sir. I saw my speedometer. It was at 84. Um, yeah. So here's your ticket. I broke the law, sir. I thank you for doing your job. What? Okay. Okay. Because look, in verse 12, live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day that he visits us. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm a Christian. I go to True North. You were speeding. Yeah, I was. I, that was my bad. I, I apologize. What? I bought four things of water and, and uh, here, you can have one. What? Don't you need it for your kids? Yeah, sure. God's going to provide and people have stepped up left and right in Toledo, the Red Cross, and they're looking a lot like God because they're giving out things that, that they have and giving to other people. So, let's think about this. Go to um, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 21. To this you were called, and True North Church, talking about us, to this you were called, because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. Here's a quote from the Old Testament. He committed no sin, no deceit was found in his mouth. Verse 23, when they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. Man, that's hard to not retaliate. Right? Am I the only one? It's easy to retaliate. One of our favorite shows that we used to watch is called Revenge. It was nice to see that this girl was getting revenge from her mistreating father. But... Jesus turned the other cheek. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who just, judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. So when you have death to sin, you die in your sin, God gives us life and his righteousness. For by his wounds you have been healed. You were once like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Wow. We sing about a song of hope this morning and how God can give us that hope. 
he is offering and extending that to us, yes. But he's extending that to the world, the people who don't even know it yet. They don't know this hope. They think, here's the sad thing, they think this world is all there is. That death is the end. That, that I've got to trudge through, I've got to go to work, I've got to suffer through this, and then I'm going to die and that's it. I've got to live with this sin. I've got to live with this burden. I've got to live with this pain. But we just read that God wants to heal us. Through his stripes, through his sacrifice, he wants to forgive us. Isn't that something we can tell somebody else? That's exactly what God wants us to do. That's exactly what God sent Jesus to do, to tell us. And now that we've got that crossover, that we're now no longer in the world, that we're becoming, shining a little bit more like Christ, and people seeing our faces and seeing our actions a little differently, that we can tell them, hey, I remember that. Oh, boy, do I remember that. Oh, I remember that one too. Yeah, but look at this. Eternal life through Jesus. That's our job. So, baby Christians, how do you crave spiritual milk? You listen to every word that Pastor Rex says. That's it. Amen. Go ahead. <laughs> That's one of the things, right? How do you crave spiritual milk? Well, let's start with this. First, we're going to bathe in prayer. What does that even mean? Anyone know how to pray? God help me. That's a great start. Not joking. God help me. That's a great prayer to start. Jesus, forgive me? Something simple like that. Thank you for this food. So as a baby, Christian, you're not going to be like, <clears throat> Oh, glorious, righteous God, the Father, are thy now. In big old words and long things. That's not, what, that's not what a baby Christian looks like. Baby Christian is like, God has screwed up again. Can you forgive me? And you know what God says? Yeah, I will. God, I got it. I drank a little too much alcohol last night, and boy, I feel it today. I forgive you. That's a simple prayer. God, I see that Toledo has a water problem. Can you help them? God answers those prayers. So bathe in prayer. You can go to prayer meetings. You can start each meal and each cup of coffee, thanking God for that. You can pray in your car. You can pray with your spouse. You can pray in the shower. You can pray with your kids. All of these, re these ways fulfills number one, to bathe in prayer. Number two, here's the instruction book. Let's just read the Bible. We read almost all of 1 Peter chapter 1 and a little bit of 1 Peter chapter 2. The whole book, all five chapters, can be read in like 15 minutes. I don't know if I have 15 minutes. That's what I used to think. When I see five chapters, I'm like, that's like four pages. I'm not a reader. I don't read. I, 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 not that I hate it. I just, my mind, it takes me too long. I have to read it, reread it. Man, but give me a song. I'll, I'll be able to replicate that in three minutes. But man, these words, they just get me. So it's a chore for me to read. Instructions, directions. But start reading the Bible. When do you read the Bible? Well, you can sign up on your smartphone or an inter uh, internet, some kind of email. You can sign up for a daily verse. Read that verse in the morning. Read that verse at night. You can start with a little devotional that they can send you or a little text. Hey, here's the verse of the day. So part of the reading the Bible, number two, you can print out a chapter like, say, 1 Peter chapter 1. Print it out. Put it on your mirror. You know what? There's uh, actually a Proverbs of the day. There are 31 chapters in Proverbs, and a lot of months have 31 days, right? 
So you can just do, oh, today is the third? Is that right? So we'll read Proverbs 3. Guess what we'll read tomorrow? Proverbs 4. How do we continue to read the Bible? We listen to Pastor Rex. We listen to podcasts of Ravi Zacharias. Man, he's, he's got the brains. He's really smart. Alistair Begg, he's got an Irish little lilt thing. I could listen to him all day. He could, he could read the dictionary and be like, oh, Alistair, that's, I'll listen to that. There's a whole bunch of other people that we can listen to. Um, there's an app on your smartphones or iPads or tablet or whatever. It's called YouVersion. It has the Bible there for you. You can click right on it. And it also has um, verses of the day. So if you're looking for something like that, YouVersion is a good app. So we have bathe in prayer. We have read the Bible. And then third, we can meet with other Christians. I don't know. How do we do that? Well, you're doing a good job this morning. A plus. Sunday morning, perfect. Church service. Uh, Sunday evening. Uh, a Wednesday night. Uh, some, something where the church is doing something. That's what, the chur- that's what we as uh, their, their pastors, we say, hey, we're going to do this. We're going to have a service. And we ask God to bring people. So baby Christians or pre-Christians who are like, what's this darkness? I, don't, I want to know what more, uh, more about this light. And so we tell them. That's why we hold these church services. Um, you can go to community groups. We're starting those in the fall. We have men's group. We have women's group. We have youth group. We have a bunch of community groups. You can start an ice cream social. Hey, let's have ice cream. I had ice cream last night. Two scoops of chocolate, one scoop of strawberry. With a, it, was, it was dark chocolate drizzle, right? Yep. My wife put some M&Ms on it and then took these big old marshmallows and put them on the side. Right? <laughs> Sorry about that. Hey, you want some ice cream? Come over to my house. We'll have some ice cream. Speaking of ice cream, August 10th, which is next Sunday, um, at Tiny's, right here, right here in town, uh, the Bend Along Band is going to be playing on the second level. So about 7 o'clock, it's their, uh, it's their birthday, right, Landon? Where's Landon? Anniversary week. And what's that? 51. Wow. 51. So Tiny's is having their, their anniversary, 51 anniversary, and they have the Bend Along Band coming and playing live music. So why don't you come out and hear some live music? And guess what? It's going to be an ice cream social. So guess what? You can bring friends, and I probably will be doing some Christian music. Non-Christian music, too, and Beatles and whatnot. But uh, why don't— why don't we do that? Go bless tinies. Go bless our friends in the community. You can have a movie night. I love popcorn. I like movies. So we can meet with other Christians by having a good movie night. Or you can do a, a prayer group at work. My wife gets to go to that um, every once in a while. And some people don't, but some people have the option of, of praying before work. You can even start one. All right, so we have bathe in prayer, read the Bible, Meet other Christians. And all these things are so easy to do, but we have to be conscious about it. Fourth, we can share our testimony. Share your testimony with your family, with your friends. You can post it on social network, some kind of Facebook or Twitter. Heck, go write a book. Some people in the world are good book writers. They're good authors. They write fiction. They write nonfiction. They write whatever. Well, why don't you write a book about what God's done in your life? You can go on a mission trip. Plenty of ways to share your testimony. Then, fifthly, we can uh, glorify God with our resources. We can volunteer in church by setting up chairs, tearing down chairs, helping back in the, in the kids and the youth. You can volunteer in the community by passing out water. You can, you can start tithing 10% of your money because it all belongs to God anyway. And giving God back that 10% is really just saying, 
Thanks, God. Thanks for the 90% you've given me. And I guarantee that as you give that 10% and use the 90, God's going to keep increasing your 90. It just works that way. God says, you want to see something? Test me on this. You start giving your tithe and see if I don't pour out heaven's blessings on you because your heart is in the right place. Try it out. You can bless others with you being around. And I'm kind of going to kind of embarrass him a little bit. But since I've um, come to True North, one of my right-hand men here has been Dan Savage. Um, he's been there every time I've needed something or anything. Um, and there's plenty of people have already called and said, Hey, Ben, you have water problems. Do you need a shower? Come over to our house Sunday morning and shower. Do you need water? Do you need lunch? Do you need... People are just, man, just bless others by being you and showing up and writing awesome scripts for... BBS. That's pretty awesome. Good job, Dan. And then the last thing I'm going to talk about, now that you've made this crossover that you've made kind of like inside, let's make an outward appearance. Let's, let's let somebody see it by be baptized. We're wrapping up here because in, in a couple weeks we're going to do a baptism. Actually, we're going to do two kinds of things. There are plenty of opportunities to be baptized. Why do I need to be baptized? It's an outward expression of what God, God has done inside. And, and Jesus was baptized. He went down into the water and John the baptizer went down and he, Jesus said, baptize me. And John baptized him. And, and so Jesus did it. We do it. That's plain and simple. It doesn't save anybody. It doesn't get you extra special crowns in heaven. Oh, that would be cool. Uh, no, baptism is just an outward expression of, hey, I made this decision. I want everyone to see it. And it's a, it's a presentation of, of dying to like when Jesus died and then rising back up to his eternal life. It's a picture. It's wet. And we often do it in the summer. We're going to do it in a couple weeks. Man, get on board. If you have any questions about doing a baptism, talk to me. Message Pastor Rex. Um, man, we'd love to talk to you about it. Let's dunk some people this week, this, uh, this month. So bathe in prayer. Read the Bible. Meet with other Christians. Share your testimony. Glorify God with your resources and follow in baptism. So if you're a baby Christian, I know there's like five things, but you can count to five. You don't even have to take your shoes off like, my, like I do sometimes. Um, and six, baptism, I guess, is the sixth one. So that's what it looks like to be a baby Christian. It's to sever those ties and start walking towards Christ. God, as we leave here, it's going to be easy to remember during lunch. But when we wake up tomorrow morning, May we bathe in prayer. May we remember to read the Bible and to meet with other Christians and share your testimony. To God, just use us and glorify you with our resources. Heavenly Father, I pray that for every single member here, every single person, the young and old, God, that you would use them to look more like you and less like the world so that we can point to you and say, God did this. God did this. Amen. Again, thank you for being here. We hope to see you next week. Um, and now is the time where we get to be the church. We're going to stack chairs. We're going to uh, be really friendly and welcoming. Hey, see if somebody wants to go to lunch.